Sweet Talk is a weekly 20-minute podcast brought to you by the Continuing Education Workforce Training Division of Idaho State University's College of Technology. This podcast is part of our continuing outreach efforts, and the format is conversation. We're having conversations with businesses, professionals, entrepreneurs, community agencies, and in all cases, difference makers. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So subscribe today. Take 20 minutes and hear from people living in your community who are making a difference in your community. It's time to get started with Sweet Talk. Hey, hello everyone. This is Jason Batalden, the uh, here with uh, Continuing Education Workforce Training, and this is Sweet Talk, um, our fantastic, wonderful podcast. And Paul, our Way fantastic there, Jason. I am. I'm, you know what? Uh, if it hasn't come out in our podcast before, it should now. I think, and I can speak for you too, Paul, if you don't mind. We're we're pretty darn proud of the little thing we got going on here oh yeah oh yeah i yeah. you know the, the thing is it's one of the things uh you know i i have a lot of duties here at, at uh continuing education workforce training but this is the one that i like going i love doing this every single week i love doing this um you know it's it's so uh, you know i get to banter with you i get to meet um new and interesting people and have other people that we've had on back again uh that i enjoyed uh speaking with um and so it, this is actually a, a great time and uh we're actually starting to get people who uh who follow us and listen on a regular basis and we appreciate that also um right. you know all the people who follow us and and i sometimes I scratch my head going why do they listen to us <laughs> <laughs> no we, yeah we don't want to admit that out loud paul but thank you for doing that but no i agree with you it's a fun podcast and we do have people who are tuning in the show on a regular basis and uh, we're excited for that with that being said what we're excited for today is um and i and i I guess I'm going to say this honestly, Caitlin, Caitlin, uh, you're probably like top four favorite guests that I, right on. <laughs> I just want you to know that, uh, if you guys don't know, this is Caitlin Pankow and we'll say the magic word here in a minute and get the podcast started, but she's been on the show before and we had a wonderful conversation. Um, and today we decided to bring her back on, um, and have a conversation about the challenges and the joys that she's experienced in the last uh, year since she's been on the show. And with that being said, welcome, Caitlin. Please reintroduce yourself to our audience. Awesome. Thanks again for having me. So I, I'm Caitlin and I teach at Pokey High School here in Pocatello. Uh, I'm in the English department and this year I'm teaching ninth grade honors and dual credit for English 101 and English 175. Right. So I'm working with seniors and freshmen this year, which is a, quite the, the stretch of, you know, what they're capable of but it's it's pretty amazing it's we're in week five and um it's going pretty smooth so that's cool so week five are you i mean uh, that's it you found the gear you're no longer having to shift through the gears you're in cruise control mode for a little bit yeah a little bit i think um <laughs> last year really threw us for a loop but oh, yeah. i learned a ton of uh what i should do you know for um like it forced me to use technology which i was kind of like an old fashioned teacher, even though my age suggests I shouldn't be. And so 
Um, I've really learned how to use uh, Google and Google Classroom and how to do assignments on that and make them actually like beneficial. So it really pushed me out of my comfort zone, but I think it's been really beneficial for my students and for me, of course. But, you know, the most important right. thing is can the students use it effectively? Yes. Cool. Let's, you know, do learning. So yeah. I'm finally out of that big hill of a climb of what does technology look like in an English classroom and how do I make it work? Right. Um, so now I'm triumphant. So yay. <laughs> yay. Until, until the next curveball comes. Yeah, um, that's and I, true. And, and I don't mean to be cynical, I guess, but I guess uh, that's kind of, you jumped right into it. Um, you know, the last school year, of course, with the impact of COVID-19, um, uh, not just Pocatello High School, not just school district number 25, not just the state of Idaho. I mean, the entire country, if not globally, was trying to figure out how to continue the education, a high quality education, um, and in, in amidst um, all the ramifications of COVID-19. So mm -hmm. can you kind of just chat with us a little bit? What did it look like on your end, at least in the initial process when, you know, lockdowns kind of come into play, uh, so you're still in the middle of school, you got students, um, I mean, what was that like? And I guess, if to be honest, this time last year, mm -hmm. uh, you were out of the lockdown. That's right. Correct. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We were in hybrid learning um, right. where it was the every other day, A day, B day. And then uh, teachers had one day a week to really like focus on grading and reaching out to students. Um, I think what really came out of that was we realized that the the actual physical classroom is the great equalizer um, and it gives the kids the opportunities and the equity that we talked about before when they're in class and we can give them what they need. Um, but the differences of, of what's available at home, um, a lot of students, parents were still working, right? Because they need to. Um, so they were, if they had siblings, they might've been in charge of helping their siblings with all of their online work. They were trying to do their online work. Maybe they were working. Um, and so you know, that's just one story of, of hybrid and what it looked like for students um, where it could have been a, a really hard struggle because there's no teacher there to help. There's um, really, you're kind of just learning on your own. Um, and so, but if they had had the opportunity to be in the classroom, then, then the teacher is there, their peers are there, they have more of an open communication. Mm -hmm. Whereas the other side of it is some kids thrived on hybrid. Um, where they had the opportunity to work quickly or, or slowly at their own pace. They were comfortable with the material they were getting. Um, working online made sense to them. Um, and so I think that was really hard because how do you make online education equitable when everyone's learning from home? Um, and how do we make sure that everybody's getting what they need? Right. You know, yeah. um, uh, Caitlin, um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm also the coordinator for the uh, apprenticeship program here at Idaho State University. Mm -hmm. And I actually introduced uh, hybrid class uh, three years ago. Uh, nice. My program uh, because I, I, you know, I'm working with gentlemen who work in the trades. They work on, you know, all day long, and some, and it was, you know, sometimes they can't make it into our classroom. It's me easier if they have the home destination. But you, you're absolutely right about that. Um, some people thrive on that online learning and mm -hmm. others just falter. Um, sometimes it's that tech, technology barrier. They don't know how to work the technology, but also it's that, um, that uh, interaction or the, uh, the socialization part of a classroom. Yeah, absolutely. 
that working, right. yeah, working together. How do I work as a team? How do I work, um, you know, with a partner? What do I need to do with these skills? What does it look like when it's, you know, assessed that way? And, and my classroom is very much set up in groups where everybody is collaborating all the time. Um, and that collaboration leads to so much learning. But, you know, when you're isolated, you can try collaboration on a Google Doc, um, yeah. but not quite. <laughs> Right. Well, and, and you have, uh, you know, when you have that online learning aspect, again, you have that, um, I, I don't know, the, it's almost like um, a wall between mm -hmm. you and, and the you know, I'm not instructing, but my instructors, that, well, that was another thing, instructors learning to teach online mm -hmm. was a gigantic barrier as well, because they had to not learn this new way of connecting with the students. And they, they still struggle with that, um, you know, connecting with, that's the whole thing, connecting with your students. Eye to eye, real true eye to eye contact is so instant recognition. You know, mm -hmm. you, you you can look in a student's eyes and go and go, oh, they get it. With online, you're looking through a camera and you're like, sometimes they just look like painted faces, uh, you know, in a gallery. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think relationship is key. And that's what this district really focuses on is relationships can lead to so much more learning and, and things like that. But how do you create a relationship? Sure on the internet, right? Or on the right. computer or on Google. Um, and we had a real struggle too with, um, cause I know a lot of hybrid classes in college professors will, um, you know, record their lectures or their instructions and things like that. And so we had a lot of teachers participating in putting their lectures online, but a lot of kids wouldn't participate in watching those. Right. Um, and simply, if, was it in real time? Then could, would the kids be there on real time? If it was recorded, would they watch it later? And so they had these big gaps of, you know, you have a quiz or something or an assignment on this, but if you didn't watch the um, presentation, then you had a gap in your information right. um, and how to ensure that students go through the tasks of, um, you know, this thing first, this thing next, and then go into what we're requiring of you. Um, and that was a real challenge for, for teachers. What is the best way to organize our online learning so that it best benefits students? Sure. Too. So. I guess the other side maybe too is, uh, uh, I was just thinking about that, right? That transition going, you know, the 18 months or the, you know, the, the year before, right? We go through the lockdown and quickly scramble to figure out how to supply, uh, continue that education, enter the following uh, fall semester. Okay, this is going to be a hybrid model. And then now this year, I guess, uh, one of the things also about that online learning, and I just thought about this, is you do kind of get some instant feedback from your students. Now, whether or not you can make contact with them, but you know right away who's engaging, who's not, mm -hmm. um, and, and it starts uh, being able for you to kind of ask those questions. Why? What's going on? And what can we do to help? And I suppose that was a struggling part as a teacher um, because, you know, there is the delivery of the content, but there's also you know, the engagement piece. And so uh, the one perk is you're getting immediate feedback, who's engaging and who isn't. The challenge, of course, then is how does we get those students to engage who are having difficulty in doing that? Right. And to give them effective feedback that will help them go on to the next step. Like I am much better in person. <laughs> I can say that right now. I am loud. I'm, I'm zesty. I'm obnoxious sometimes. And it's really kind of a show that I put on. And right. that does not speak um, to online very well. And trying to get those kids engaged is, you know, you don't hear my, my stupid jokes and my ridiculous laughter when somebody says something funny, you know, and right. it, it's hard to get that across. So I think a lot of teachers were like, but I'm so much better in person. It's like, yep, yeah, but we got to deal with what we've got. 
right? right and make the best of it and 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 that's the whole thing like i said when i did mine uh three years ago i covid wasn't around that was a choice to make it easier for attendance uh, and my attendance did increase sub, sub, substantially uh, when I did that. Uh, but it, again, the, the instructor was having trouble engaging. Some of the students had trouble engaging. Um, it was a whole new way of, I, I mean, part of what I did to kind of counter um, whether they were engaged is um, really, I chased my students. Mm-hmm. Uh, my instructors are the part-time people that have their own lives and the full-time positions so they can give the lectures and they can answer technical questions and so forth but it's up to me to care about whether my students are doing their work mm-hmm. so i it's constantly i looking to see did they do their work and if they haven't done the work i actually reach out and call them and say hey i noticed you're not doing your work is there a problem is there some way i can help you um, right. you know i've never accused someone and so there are there barriers that I can help you with. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the only way that I could counter, you know, this new online thing was to take a proactive approach to follow up and actually engage with them when they weren't doing work. Yeah. Yeah. We had that for that, that one day um, for the first trimester of hybrid, I think it was Wednesdays for teachers. And then the second trimester of hybrid was Fridays, but that's when we chased our students to make sure checking in with them. What can I help you? What can I do? You know, um, are you sick? Can I give you some extra time and things like that to make sure that they are engaged to get those, those pieces that are important. And I think that all comes down to, right, is, is choice. Um, And, you know, like equity is, is making sure that students have the ability to get what they need, but equality is that everybody has this opportunity. Um, and so I think we saw the difference with that, like our online things um, and the way that we instructed were equal for all because it was all online, all hybrid, all every other day, but it was that equity piece that how do you get those kids what they need sure. specifically to succeed. So it's been a minute and I know you're kind of still in it. I know that, you know, that debate of, you know, um, still there is the potential right depending on the the track of the the virus and and who knows what will happen in our community but so i don't want to give the illusion that we're out of this by any means but right. you've had now a good full year and a half and five weeks now into this next year have you had a chance to maybe kind of think back and what did you appreciate about this experience in the last 18 months have you found anything that you're like yeah you know what I probably wouldn't have had that experience if it wasn't for this, uh, the circumstance. And then looking back on it, I appreciate that. I think that I have so many thoughts about this, but I think- Oh, good, 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 good. (laughs) Um, I think one of the biggest things was that um, it made me realize that I can slow down in my approach to teaching the information for students um, and that we can take the time to talk to each other. um, And it might not be- you know, associated with the the specific essay we're working on, but it's also good for us to make community and make those connections. I'm still seeing that we still feel very disjointed, um, that we're all in school and it's all in person and, and, but there's still this, this disconnectedness um, amongst the students. And I think it's because, you know, Pokey specifically went through a lot of changes last year. Um, and that on top of all of it is, is kind of hard. The kids are still working through it. And so I think because we're still, you know, chewing on those meaty bits of change that we got to take the time to, 
to actually connect with one another and, um, right. you know, have those conversations. Hybrid was um, amazing because I had smaller class sizes, right? Where uh, my A day was half and my B day was half. And I had the opportunity to really form relationships with students. Not that I don't get that opportunity now, but it is a little bit more difficult. My largest class is 33 this year. You know, and so I want to connect to everyone, all teachers do, because right. relationship is the key, you know, to learning and community, but it can make it a little bit harder. Like, I think it made me value the, the opportunity I had to just get to know those 12 students, or I had a class of four students um, yeah. <laughs> because of A-Day, day last names, right? Yeah, and right. gosh, we had the best time. Um, and, and I think sometimes teachers feel the pressure that oh, I've got to get through all these standards. I've got to get all these papers done. I've got to, got to, got to, got to, but we really have the time to slow down a little bit and, and get to know each other because there's always that quote. And I, I, it's probably cliche at this moment and I have no idea who said it, but it's kids don't remember what you taught them. They remember how you made them feel. Yep. Right. And, and I think that's so applicable to all of this. Are we patient with one another? Are we giving each other grace, right? Oh, that's um, a great term. Thank you. Oh, it, I think that's probably the key from all of this. Are we giving each other each grace? Other. Right. Are we giving ourselves grace? Right. right. I think that, you know, and I think that just speaks, uh, in a, if we expand that out in context a little bit, we can take that uh, application outside of the classroom and into life in general, right? Um, and, and how many opportunities... Uh, regardless of, uh, you know, what political or argumentative or whatever side the fence on, are you given to uh, approach someone with grace um, mm -hmm. where we maybe didn't, weren't aware of those opportunities pre-COVID? And I'm just thinking going in the grocery store, right? Mm -hmm. Going in the grocery store and having to interact with people again um, and trying to be respectful and kind and generous. And I think that that probably applies to a lot more than just uh, than just the classroom. At least I, yeah. I, 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 for me personally, I would right. say I've been challenged to to respond in grace with grace more than I probably uh, was aware of or had opportunity to pre-COVID. Yeah, I think that's an, an excellent point, right? And they it, call those soft skills, right? Yes. Soft skills, um, but they really make all the difference. I think um, I you know we take those soft skills um, and they really can determine our future. Yep. So very, very yeah. good. So on the flip side of that coin, and I don't want to, uh, to set you up to get in trouble, but <laughs> if there's something you wish you could do, had done differently or looking back on it, and I understand there was a lot of things outside of your control as all of us. Oh, right? so when, much for educators. <laughs> but if there was one thing you're looking back going, oh, you know, I wish I would have had the knowledge I have now and I might've approached that situation differently is there anything that you would have said okay this looks should have been done different and again i'm not I'm not looking for you know i'm not looking to get you in trouble but right right you know. right mm -hmm. you know i i don't know if there is anything that i would have done differently um i'm not typically a person that looks back and goes oh i regret that um i just take it i learn and i keep going um i I think maybe I wouldn't have been so stubborn for change and or um, dug my heels in or uh, I think it's that grace factor, right? Sure. Where I need to be um, gracious to bit. yourself. Right? Yes, I think so. And yeah. and to know that, um, I don't know, it's all going to 
just to go, I guess I would go back and tell myself, Hey self, it's going to be all right. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to come out on this, uh, with a lot of benefits, even though it doesn't seem like it right now, like you're going to grow as a professional instead of like crossing my arms and going, eh, this is terrible. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. It's like, yeah, okay. Terrible attitude. Like try to reframe. We talk about mindset a lot in, in school, you know, a growth mindset. And, um, I think again, past self, like, Hey, try to see this as growing, but it's really hard to see stuff like that in the moment, sure. right? right. Uh, when it seems like the entire world is figuratively and literally on fire. Right. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's hard <laughs> to come right. from that. But I think I think that's it. Just try to keep more of a positive outlook. Right. Well, I think, sorry to cut you off, but I guess I just wanted to say, I, I agree with you in this one point, at least I found it true in myself, uh, kind of this close connection is I just wish I would have kind of embraced that the there was the normal that I had perceived was never really normal, and mm. what I was holding on to was 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 just uh, self-made rules and laws and uh, conditions mm. that uh, didn't probably deserve to be there in the first place. And so, I think I wish I would have, like you said, embraced the change a little easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a so I appreciate you sharing that because I, I found a connection there. Thank you. Yeah, well, of course. I think, and, you know, we all had to deal with change um, and the change came so abruptly and we're mm-hmm. asked to do this change. Uh, and all the while we're concerned for our health, we're concerned for our family's health. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that additional stress to just doing the day to day by day things to, you know, keep going with, um, you know, teaching and doing your, your job is, you know, kind of, I, I think we all were under a a bunch of stress to, yeah. you know, cause we had to learn new skills and also go, Oh, I hope I don't get sick. Oh, I hope I don't make my family sick. I hope everyone is healthy. Um, they're making us do this thing. And I, now I don't know if we can be healthy and, you know, and, but again, you go, but we still have to move on. We still have to continue. Um, how can we do this? Um, so the past year has been super. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, I, and I guess I'll just toss this out, kind of touching on that equity thing. I think uh, from your perspective, uh, would you say that the one thing that, uh, that, that COVID brought was a clear delineation on the equity issue? That if there were students who were lacking in some areas, that um, those became obvious. And I think that hopefully, and not just in our education, but maybe in all of our society, we, we kind of focus on what can be done to, to um, provide a more equitable, equitable environment for both learning and, and what else we've got to do. Yeah, it kind of made those those issues uh, a little bit more clear to all people instead of just some people, right? Um, like, right. oh, this is a problem. Like, oh, we've been saying it's a problem. <laughs> like, thank you for this. Um, now let's do something about it. Instead right. of just naming right. it and saying, look, see, we've got to actually put it into action, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important. One of my um, colleagues, she actually works in North Carolina. Her name is Turquoise. And she says that equity plus action equals justice. And we want justice within our education system for all students to be able to get that equity plus action. Um, And I think that's really important for us to be able to do. We need that action piece. We can say, look at all this, but if nothing is happening, then nothing will change and students won't get everything that they need. That's right. And that's the challenge. And there went our timer. 
So I like to end a podcast on a challenge and um, maybe we now set ourselves up for another podcast sometime in the future to continue that conversation about what are things that need to be put in action in order to um, get the justice that we all deserve. So, well, uh, also you talk about equity. I think one of the out, you know, brazen examples of non-equity that we had going uh, forward in school year is that uh, access to uh, internet. Mm, Absolutely. No, you, you didn't know until you had to teach that you had students that had no internet or internet that was not, you know, something that you, they could learn on. And I, you know, I took, take those things for granted, you know, Mm -hmm. and in today's day, that should be a utility. That should be something that everyone has access to all the time. And it was so surprising when you come and go, I don't have that. I don't, I, I and, yeah. uh, and then trying to solve those problems, trying to solve those problems because you do want equity and uh, throughout all the students. So how does the school system provide that equity for someone who's lacking? Yeah, go. absolutely. And I, I was actually in that situation. So I didn't have a desktop, desktop computer at home and I didn't have internet at home. And so then my spouse and I are teachers and all of a sudden we have to teach online from home and we're like, can you do this from an iPhone? Is this possible? (laughs) You know, so the challenge there was like, oh my gosh, we have got to revamp. We need an office and all of the things. So, you know, it it applies to to students, to educators, to, you know, families all around. So that's an excellent point that it should be a utility. So when you said in the beginning of this podcast that you weren't quite technically uh, up to speed, what you really meant to say was you are a Luddite. Yes. <laughs> you yes, still, I am. You still use candles to light your home, don't you? <laughs> oh my gosh, most days, yes, in the evening. It sets an ambiance. <laughs> oh, I appreciate you. Okay, well, we got to get off the show. And, and um, Caitlin, we got you and we want to get you back to the classroom and making a difference. And we're so glad. Yes. Um, and, we, and, and from us to you, I want you to know that we support you and your efforts 100%. And, and I don't know what action I can put behind that other than just to tell you that we got your back. So, oh, thank um, you. I yeah. appreciate having the time today. <laughs> right well, on. you know, um, in the past year, um, I, I think many parents. Um, have forgotten or maybe some finally did realize hey your teachers are out there and they're doing your their best for your children Um, appreciate them say thank you there you go with that being said paul we want people to say something to us so please email us let us know give us comments give us some feedback at ce train and those are the letters ce train at isu.edu check out our website the same thing ce train um, dot dot isu.edu. Thank you. And our phone number 208 282 Caitlin, that's my job on this show. <laughs> Caitlin, it was a joy. It was a pleasure. I can't wait to talk to you again. Keep up the good work in uh, School District 25. Keep making a difference in Pokey High. Awesome. Thank you, Thank you very much. That's right on. 